The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. It doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. The answer that she wanted was D, none of the above. They've done, they've done statistical studies. When you're faced with four choices on a multiple choice test, more, most common, believe it or not, is C. If you don't know, go C. Thank you for joining me. Dr. Ray Garendi here. Just uh, a whole bunch of items of business before I get down to the real business of the program. One, I really got to thank all those delightful people in Wichita. That huge Wichita Catholic Family Conference, 60-some vendors. Father Spitzer was there. You know, I I was on a panel with Father Spitzer, Robert Spitzer. He's a, a brilliant priest and physicist written some tremendous books and he okay quickly I'll digress here for a moment those of you who have teens who are starting to doubt the faith because they think that the faith has no reasonable rational evidentiary basis go to magiscenter.com father spitzer presents indisputable scientific evidence for several Eucharistic miracles, the Shroud, the Tilma of Guadalupe, and Fatima. You cannot look at that evidence. Whatever age you are, those of you listening to me and doubting right now, why doesn't God reveal himself? He does. He has. You got to go look. Powerful scientific evidence where God says, here, check this out. I got a whole bunch of Father's CDs when I was there at that conference. But the one thing that was bad, we had a little panel, you know. I sat next to Father Spitzer, his brilliance. And you know what I felt like? I felt like I was Wheel of Fortune sitting next to Jeopardy. Felt like I was in kindergarten looking at a Ph.D. physicist. I got over it. All right. What else? Tomorrow, tomorrow night, Thursday night, heading down to Columbus. St. Gabriel Radio Turf. Still have time. The the audiences are large. God bless those people at St. Gabriel. Got some large audiences for the TV show, Living Right with Dr. Ray, season 14. Yeah, I don't like them showing those first seasons, man. I look, I looked good. What happened? It's the camera. That's what it was. They're they're using worse cameras. I know that makeup's not as good. We're there. If you still want to sign up and be part of the TV audience, 
I know there's one that's they're saying pretty Phil we can't we can't get any more people in there but there's always no shows believe it or not there is I know I don't know what's wrong with those people don't blame me if your kids on Dr. Phil so if you want to sign up you go to saintgabrielradio.com stgabrielradio.com and there's still some room to sign up there go for it you can sign up for one show two shows three shows four shows Wednesday night or Thursday night you got a couple options what else uh, we, good Lord permitting, are going back to Wichita. We're going to shoot some shows in Wichita in November. I'll get more details on that. But coming up, Billings, Montana. Yeah, after we get done here with uh, Columbus. That sounds bad. After we're <laughs> done with our visit down in Columbus, we're going to start talking about Billings. Uh, going out to Montana. Is that cool or what? And I want to say this. Congratulations, to St. Michael Radio in Great Falls, Montana. Their 17th year on the EWTN radio network. Congratulations, Tony. Tony Roush and the team. KSMR from all of us folks. How great is that? Montana. What a place. What a wonderful place. All right, anything else? Um, that's that, that's that, that's that, that. Oh, one other thing. It's a little bit of a, I guess this is, you could say it's real life personal. I told my wife, I said, honey, summer's coming to a close. I want to, I want to do, I want to, I want to cook out. I want to, I want to barbecue on the grill. So I said, I want to do this. I want you to have a night off. So she went to the store. Um, she fixed the salad, the vegetables, the dessert, and then she put the meat for cooking and placed it on a tray along with the utensils and takes it to me who I'm sitting beside the grill and drinking a beer. So I put the meat on the grill. My wife then goes inside to set the table, check the vegetables. She comes out to tell me, Ray, the meat is burning. Okay. I took the meat off the grill, handed it to my wife. She prepares the plates, brings them to the table. After we're all done eating, she clears the table and does the dishes. And then I asked her, I said, honey, how did you enjoy your night off? She just stared at me. I don't know. It's, maybe I just can't please her. I don't, I don't know. All right. Got some calls coming in. Let me give you the number. Those of you who call are calling in. Thank you. You must have the number in an emergency place in your house. 877-573-7825-877-57 equal is the number to call to get onto the program. I'm a clinical psychologist. I was at the office this morning seeing folks, good folks, delightful folks. These days I can sort of pick and choose who I see and try to get the folks that I think that can cooperate most fully with any kind of therapy. Uh, but here on the radio, I'm, I'm not going to diagnose. I'm not going to step on any therapist's turf. We can't do therapy here, obviously. But we can give a few thoughts, just some ideas, something to ponder, something to consider. You can accept them. You can neglect them. You can reject them. You can suspect them. A little, uh, little reverse alliteration there. I'm looking at the clock here now. If I start this manologue, I'm going to run way long, and I've already got some folks that want to call. Hmm. And one is from a Marty Robbins song. 
let me just abbreviate what I was going to say, and then I'll I'll take it in more detail in a future program. The shrinks would tell you way back when they'd say things like, well, if you're going to get a child to behave in a certain way that you would like, you need to reinforce it. And you need to reinforce it every time. Whether it's a sticker, whether it's a compliment, whether it is, well, not so much a compliment, but let's, we're talking material reinforcers, whatever you choose that to be. Every time, right? You know, you've heard consistency. Uh, consistency doesn't necessarily apply with the frequency of material reinforcers, meaning, There are certain schedules of reinforcement, and I'm not going to tell you them now. You're going to have to listen in the future to learn them. But the one most powerful is called a variable ratio reinforcement schedule. That is what slot machines are calibrated upon. That is the one that gets the most repetitive, consistent, cooperative, desired behavior. That's why you see people sitting in front of slot machines and they can barely punch those little tokens in fast enough and they're getting tendonitis in their elbow and their shoulder. Slot machines are based upon that. Shirt sleeve language, it means reinforcement at random. So let's say that your kids have been particularly good about doing their chores. What if you said... Unpredictably, at random, hey, notice you guys. You guys are doing, man, you, you just, you've done great with this stuff. We're heading out tonight, and, and uh, we're getting ice cream. We're getting ice cream for what you all done. Now, they didn't know that was coming. That was random. You just sort of picked that out of the air. But if you gave them some kind of reward each and every time, a sticker, uh 50 cents, something material, red Corvette. What would probably happen is that they would learn to perform the behavior for the material reward. And there's research that says this. And then when you take away the material reward, the behavior actually declines in frequency. It's the material reward that is sustaining it as opposed to what was theorized, which would be, well, it'll be internal motivation. After a while, they'll see that making your bed makes you feel good. So you make your bed and you feel happy. Uh, no, no, they're making their bed because they have to and because they're getting a sticker for it. Variable reinforcement schedule is the best reinforcement schedule if you're going to reward materially. All right. Took that all the way up to 12 minutes after. Got some folks who want to talk. This is Dr. Ray. The number one more time. Now, there's a call from El Paso up there, which... Makes me want to say, load them up, head them out, 877-57-EQUAL. Now, wait a second. Let's talk this over. I'm not a rabbi for nothing, you know. I think I have a solution. Just wait a second. Don't let everyone else get all the great advice. Call now to speak with Dr. Ray. Let's talk this over. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God.
What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling. 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. in the West Texas town of El Paso. Raymond, I'll get to you. But Elizabeth is waiting patiently, calling from Chicago. Elizabeth, how are you listening from Chicago? Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm good, my dear. How are you listening? Uh, through uh, Sirius or an app? Yep. Well, just called on the phone. But yeah, I do have the app, the Ave Maria app, too, as well. Okay. So, what you got going on? Well, um, my daughter had moved to Texas, um, oh, probably about two years ago. I mean, a little bit longer than that. And she lived down there for about a year. And her boyfriend's mother doesn't care for her and actually even told her that she needed to go home. So she came back, and she's been living with us for the past year and a half, um, working on her degree online, and she should be done by December. And she's actually going back to Texas now um, because she wants to go back and and live near where he is. And I'm trying to figure out how to deal with um, helping her deal with this mother that does not care for her. Well, I'm confused, because if she came back a year and a half ago, apparently her boyfriend agreed with his mother. If he didn't, she wouldn't have come back, right? Well, she came back um, mainly because she 
it was getting hard to go to school and work full-time and pay rent and everything. And we said, well, we'll help you out. Just come home. Um, so she felt she needed, you know, to do that to get through the education part of it because her mother-in-law doesn't have a degree. And she just didn't think that, uh, you know, my daughter was going to be able to do that. What the boyfriend think? What the boyfriend think? He didn't want her to go. Okay, so he still likes her a lot. Yeah, he likes her a lot. So the last year and a half, they've kept up contact. Yeah. And she's thinking, okay, even though we have distance, he cares for me, I care for him, he wants me down there, I'm further along in my education, I'm going to go down there. So what you're saying is, okay, he's on her side, he is not going to let his mother influence him correct yes I oh well that's good that well i would say to my daughter elizabeth what matters is where he is if he recognizes that his mother's being unfair or uncharitable or whatever her motive is. Maybe Elizabeth is too catholic and maybe he's baptist and she doesn't want him to marry a catholic or whatever or Elizabeth is pro-life and we can't have those people in our family. Whatever her reason is, she's got to find out whether her boyfriend agrees. If he doesn't, I would tell her, well, a good relationship with your boyfriend is 90% of this. The other 10%, if he's not going to let his mother influence him, then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to have her approval. Besides, getting her approval may require you compromising some of the things you most deeply believe in. True? Mm-hmm. There you go. It's not because your daughter's an obnoxious little brat and the mother's saying, I can't, I might just hope he gets away from that girl. That girl's controlling. She's emotional. She's neurotic. That's not happening, right? She's not saying that or the, the boyfriend's saying she's not saying that. Right. I don't believe she's saying that's funny because that's pretty much the mother-in-law or her mother. That doesn't doesn't surprise me. doesn't (laughs) surprise me. So the question I think she can ask her boyfriend is, would your mother like anyone that you dated? And I would say probably probably not, but um, I think she thinks that he could do better. Maybe with somebody that's more, you know, doesn't matter what she thinks, Elizabeth or uh, Elizabeth doesn't matter what she thinks. Who cares what she Mm -hmm. thinks? Mm -hmm. I think you got to tell your daughter the important thing is a good relationship, solid moral relationship with your boyfriend. And uh, you're not going to win the mother over if she's neurotic and messed up. You're not going to win her over. You give it up. And if he sides with his mom well now there's a now there's the problem if he sides with his mother she better get out of there as fast as she can i can't tell you how many marriages walk into my office where one of the main points of friction is that uh yeah you know my mother-in-law my father-in-law is influencing my spouse and my spouse is really kind of putting their alliance in with the parent instead of me. Oh, yeah, that's that's bad for a marriage. So if he starts yeah, showing signs, he better run if she starts showing signs of that. Would she you think run. that pretty much 100% of the time 
he should be siding with my daughter? Well, no. I think I hope your daughter's open-minded enough that she she says, yeah, okay, that's a good point. That's a decent point. I got that. Mm-hmm. But if it is just a matter of things that the mother doesn't like about your daughter because these are the very things you admire about your daughter and that the boyfriend admires about him, and I wouldn't give it two shakes of a care. And you got to help your daughter get to that point. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know what I think it is? I think she's thinking, well, you know, if his mother doesn't approve of me, eventually that's going to trickle into him, and then he's not going to approve of me. I'll bet that's what she's afraid of. Mm-hmm. That's and you, possible. And you um, tell he her. Has influence on all of her kids right, like that. Exactly. You tell her. She can't lose because if, in fact, that happens, then she dodged a bullet because she got out of a relationship that was headed for the cliff. Mm-hmm. All right, Elizabeth. Thank you for the call, dear. Thank you. All right, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Marty Robbins, out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Nighttime would find me at Rose's Cantina. Music would play and Felina would whirl. I sang that song. You know, it was one of the longest country songs on record. And when I sang it by about the 19th verse, you could see people going, okay, okay, okay. Is this song over? Out in El Paso, my life would be worthless. Everything's gone in life. Nothing is left. Okay, Raymond, how are you, sir? Right on the right on the border there of New Mexico. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, speaking of that song, when I was in the military, I was in the uh, Istanbul border, and there was a we met uh, with the NATO group uh, and uh, it was a big group from uh, from England, and there was about twenty five of them, and when they came in to the to the lunch room where we were. And they found out I was from El Paso. All 25 <laughs> sang that song to me. <laughs> Marty Robbins put you on the map. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> you know, Raymond, he yeah. has another song that's much less well-known, but it is beautiful. And I would, I would suggest that my listeners, especially you wives, did you ever hear his song, My Woman, My Woman, My Wife? Oh, yeah. Oh, that brings tears to my eyes. That song's beautiful. Uh, yeah, might not be totally theologically. I've been married for 47 years. There you go. But it might not be totally theologically correct. Lord, give her my <laughs> share of heaven if I've earned any here in this life. But yeah. from a perspective of a, a man truly recognizing the beautiful worth of his wife. All you got to do is just go to the Internet and get the, get the words. Marty Robbins, my woman, my woman, my wife. Okay, Raymond. I've I've eaten up a lot of your time here. What did you want to say? Well, you know, last week you talked about uh, those that don't make the sign of the cross at a restaurant. Well, you know, it doesn't end there because then they would be ashamed to carry a rosary. They'd be ashamed to wear a cross. They'd be ashamed to wear a medal or a scapular. And then they wouldn't have the gumption to walk out of a trashy sex-riddled movie or turn the TV channel. And then 
they wouldn't walk out of a group of their friends telling dirty jokes, especially using the Lord's name, and then not using the moment to evangelize. I did a thing. And it goes on. I did a thing, and I'm, I'm planning on doing it when I head down to Columbus. I'm do a little role play. And the role play is going to be two people sitting in a restaurant, the wife wanting to make the sign of the cross, and the husband being very, very uneasy about it, and her wanting to say blessings. Raymond, I'm going to get cut off by the music here. Stay there, please, if you will. I think we can chase this a lot farther. 877-573-7825. It is always such a wonderful time. I'm not making that up. I mean it. It's part of my toxic sensitivity to be with you folks. with Teresa Tomio. I encourage you to look at a report that came out several years ago by Americans United for Life. It's called Unsafe. And this idea, it's something else that has been pushed out there by the media and by Planned Parenthood and other pro-abortion organizations, that there are all these safety measures that were put into place when Roe versus Wade became legal. But as Father Frank Pavone and so many others say, abortion never, ever, ever changed, really. It went from the back alley to Main Street with little or no restrictions or protections. Many of the independent abortion facilities are less regulated than your local nail salon or hair salon. The fact that they have to quote unquote work on their messaging shows that we are making a difference. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. What is the proper name for the third person of the Blessed Trinity? The Catholic Catechism tells us that the proper name is the Holy Spirit, a name the Church received from the second person of the Blessed Trinity. The term spirit means breath, air, wind, but when joined with the word holy, clearly designates the third person of the Blessed Trinity. Jesus, in promising to send the Holy Spirit, calls him the paraclete, which means he who is called to one side. Another translation is the consoler. Jesus also referred to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. St. Paul used many titles, Spirit of the Promise, Spirit of Adoption, Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, and the Spirit of God. St. Peter called him the Spirit of Glory. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Oh, thanks for joining me. Dr. Ray Garendi here. Anne from Buffalo dropped off. Um, her niece says <clears throat> she wants to transition. Five years ago on this program, never got a single call on that. Never. Now? Lots. Okay, I'm talking to Raymond from El Paso. And during that break, that two-minute break, we would have only been about halfway through the song had we started at the top of the break. Marty Robbins, El Paso. 
And Raymond's observation was, if you are reluctant, ashamed, embarrassed to make the sign of the cross in a restaurant and say blessings, what else will you be ashamed to do? Carry a rosary? Say a prayer out loud? Walk away from a from an ugly situation, walk out of a wretched movie. You still there, Raymond? Yes, sir. I don't know this for sure, my friend, but I would imagine that in any crowded restaurant, there's a significant percentage, depending upon where you are, of Catholics. In Ohio, the percentage of Catholics is about 23%. We're one of the higher, one of the higher states. Texas is not. However, in a restaurant, I would imagine that there are of those people who call themselves Catholics, there's probably 15, 20, 25 percent that still go to mass. However, I I go to restaurants a lot. I I could probably count on one hand. Amount of times I've seen people making the sign of the cross and say blessing in a restaurant. I don't know exactly why that is, what their motives are. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's embarrassment. I don't know, Raymond. Um, I do know that the friends and my my family that I hang around with, we all do. Um, I don't know what it is that people are so nervous about and want to want to belong but you're absolutely right if we if we can't do something that small if we're worried so much about strangers opinions people we don't even know we'll never ever see again but we still won't do that because something in us says ooh ooh they're going to think I'm a weirdo you got it what does that say about our self confidence as people and our willingness to simply say, I am a Christian. I got to tell you, I got to say this. When I was in the evangelical world, the people in the evangelical world more often, more often did say blessing in a restaurant. So, Raymond, thank you, my friend. I appreciate your call. Um, you know, I caught a good one. It looked like it could run and out in the badlands of New Mexico. Yes. One more thing you want to say. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. I want to say, if they don't make the sign of the cross at the restaurant, I venture to say 80% of them don't do that at home. Oh, I'd say it's more than that. I haven't seen surveys, but I really have to wonder how many Catholics who who still practice the part of the faith that says Mass on Sunday— um, also say blessings in restaurants. I also say blessing at home. I I think it's a small amount. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for the call. God bless you. Oh, uh, yeah, I got time. Uh, there's. Please don't go away. I'm going to get to all of you. Mary from Ohio has a grandson. Now, as a psychologist, I am highly trained, professional, on reading Nonverbal communications. Now, Mary's grandson is giving his parents a very obvious, oh, what is my wife doing here? My wife just texted me. Oh, okay. She said, stop. She said, are you eating? I, I think I took a bite of the kind bar. Okay, I stopped. It's, it's gone. 
I thought she was going to say stop about what I'm going to say next. Mary has a grandson, five years old, who it appears is giving his nonverbal opinion on his parents' discipline. Hi, Mary. Hi, Dr. Ray. <laughs> is, this a, is this a number one or number two problem? Actually, both. All right, he's firing. He's firing all the guns. <laughs> he's firing all the guns. <laughs> what have they Hello? done about it? What have they done Are you about there? it? I'm here. Hello. Hello, Mary. Uh, hey, there we are. Sorry about that. Yes, it is both. He well, what's what is, what is uh, his parent? What have his yeah. parents done about it? Well, they finally did what I suggested. And went up, went out. This was after he actually did both on the carpet. Mm-hmm. And they got, you know, they've been trying to be nice and, you know, be, you know, now you can't do that. Be sweet with them. Well, this time, mom and dad got really mad. And dad went out and got a box of pull-ups. Said, uh-huh. we're putting this on you. And I'm not sure. When he's at our house, he doesn't do it. And we well, he's just him. not mad at you. That's all, Mary. You just give him everything exactly. he wants. Okay. Exactly. I don't know. Well, and his sister's with us most of the time when he's with us. But um, I, I think that's my theory is that it's, you know, mom's apple of her eye. She finally got her little girl and, you know, she, and she's only two. So she needs attention more than he does. So, and actually he'll turn, he'll turn five next month. So. <laughs> So he's been trained for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's just decided, Mom, you know what I think about the way you're doing things around here? Let me explain it to you. Can you see this on the carpet? Not too hard to misread. And if you can't see it, you'll know it's there anyway. Part of the problem, Mary, I think you're, is this your daughter that's, uh, that's his son? Yes. Part of it is she, she may be one of these young parents who wants to be psychologically correct and handle it all so well and reason with him and find out exactly what's causing this. And, yeah, there's a new baby, so therefore he's regressing. And that's what child development people tell you, that when there's a new child in the family, they all just go backward and they start doing things they didn't do before because they're not getting the attention. I know, I know all that theory. And she probably bought into that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. How do I know these things? I don't even know your daughter I know these things. So, what he's doing is not psychological. What he's doing is saying, I don't like this. Here. There. What do you think of that? Or what do you think of that? So, what's happening also is that if she has to give this baby attention, because she has to, okay. Well, other expertise would say, well, make sure that you give more attention to the little boy. Make sure you're not shortchanging him. Okay, I buy into that. That's good. That's cool. But I think she also has to say, if you do this, here's what we're going to do. Now, I would suggest, and you could tell her, and you take the credit for it, I would suggest (laughs) that you tell her that when he does that, for the rest of the day, everything he asks for, she simply says, no, you need to go on the potty. That simple. Oh, that'll take care okay. of it. That'll clean it up. That'll take the stink out of it. All right. Okay. Thanks, that Mary. Sounds like a good plan.
I'll talk to you. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sixty seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. This communion with Jesus and with one another, that being united to Him and abiding in Him, that is the indispensable condition for bearing fruit. That's why our Lord says, back in John 15, verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not united to Christ, you're not going to do anything for Him. So communion with Jesus, our Savior, Focusing on Him and getting to know Him and be known by Him. That is what makes it possible for us to bear fruit as Christians. And communion with others is the most magnificent fruit that the branches can give. That's one of the things that He's looking for from us. That we have a communion with one another. That we have a love and a concern. Does it mean we agree with one another? Not necessarily. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Time is God's creation. He actualizes His plan of salvation in time and in space. We live at that interface between time and eternity, and that is never more visible to us as in the liturgy where heaven touches earth. That's where our attention catches a glimpse of eternity. And then, unfortunately, the veil falls too quickly back over our eyes, time passes, Memory fades, willpower weakens, our attention gets restless and flitters uh, between the urgent and the important, trivial, the profound. In and of itself, time serves nothing. It improves nothing. But through the church calendar, Christ is restructuring time to assist in our sanctification. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Target zone of your IQ, 70 to 85% of your maximum IQ, which if you have children to research indicates you've lost approximately 6.2 IQ points for every child you've had. And bad news, you don't fully recover. You can get three or four points back after they move on, but uh, no, you just don't fully recover. Now, I had 10 children at 6.2. IQ points lost per child. You do the math. All righty. Oh, boy. Good talks up there. Please be patient. I want to get to you. Donna from Montana is a retired teacher. And I love to listen to retired teachers because they got a lot of great ideas, and I steal their great ideas, and I put them in books, and I make a whole lot of money. I just want to say thank you, Donna. Hi, Donna. Hi. <laughs> Uh, I hope there are a whole lot of good ideas. <clears throat> yeah, I taught special ed and regular ed. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and if you have a kid like that, uh, you're a parent of a kid like that, You, it would be really helpful if you um, <clears throat> talk to the principal and get them 
into a class that's really highly structured, a really quiet classroom. You're talking about kids that have been diagnosed ADHD. I didn't hear that, Dr. Ray. You're talking about kids who have been diagnosed ADHD? Yeah, either that or you know they are that way and haven't been diagnosed. Uh, some kids just don't do well with um, dis- uh, distractions of any kind. So auditorially, in the case of putting them in a quiet classroom, you know, they, they don't handle the noise well. And then you can also suggest that they could be moved to the front of the class, you know, the front desk or the second desk, because they're not going to do well with distractions either, visual distractions, if there's somebody in front of them that's, you know, flopping their papers around and opening their desk. They they don't do well with that sort of thing, and so it's just better to, um, you know, go to your you principal ever, and talk about it. you ever put your students in a carol? Uh, not generally, but yeah, that's one thing you can do. I think the quiet classroom's better, but um, and I don't know if they really have those carols around. It. Oh, I don't know if you much. mean like not a, too much anymore. They were big back in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know if you're talking about the plastic carol. Yeah, carols. You put yeah, put yeah. basically wrap it around the desk. But yeah. I think that yeah. I think that targets the kid. I I did I never liked those at all. Exactly. Um, you can't put, th- like, a cardboard carol on a desk, you know, in the back and ask you know, ask them if they want to go back there where they are uh, enclosed by a cardboard, you know, on the desk, and that can be I helpful, worked too. for uh, 13 years consulting to 12 school districts on the special education programs, mm-hmm. and not only the LD programs, but in those days it was called SBH. Is it still called that? Not that I know of. What does that stand for? Severe behavior handicapped. Oh. But see, they didn't like they didn't like that terminology. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know what it is now, but I think it's a law that every three years you have to change the letters. I think that's what it is. Because <laughs> they say, well, the letters become way. very pejorative and negative, so therefore we don't want that, so we got to change the letter. So. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Well, Donna, way, but thank you. Um, thank you for the comments the mother, on that. I have a few other things you. I've learned too is <clears throat> with kids lots of times whether they're your you're the parent or the teacher you just have to tell them I would say you have to remember to remember <laughs> because it slips through information slips through their mind so quickly that they really need to be reminded to remember so that's another thing I would do and and if you have a kid like this just say their name before you start talking to them because uh yeah, <laughs> you know how kids are like that. They um, they don't pay attention unless if they have something to start them. And, well, and my mom would say my name, himself. Donna. My mom would say my name, but it was always second. It would be, what the heck, Raymond? What are you doing, Raymond? Yeah, so I always got kind of like three or four, three or four letters down. Thank you, Donna, for those calls. Those are good things. I appreciate that very much. Um, let's go to ooh ooh ooh. All right. Now, it says, is that right? Is it Maryland, New York? Is that an anonymous? Eric, what do, you, what do you got on that one? Is that is it Mary from New York? Or let me see what he's doing here. He's put the cursor up there, and he is Maryland. All right. Maryland from New York. Hi, Maryland. Hi, Dr. Ray. I'm from New Jersey. That's close enough. Oh, I love the accent. New Jersey is just a tough accent. Sounds like somebody you don't ever want to mess with. I tell you, I tell Don't you. Don't mess with us. Okay. South Jersey, South yeah. Paul. 
Okay, so you yeah. have been enduring what has sounded like a difficult marriage for almost 50 years. God yeah. bless you for your commitment and your strength. Thank you so much. Only because of the Lord, that's all. Jesus gets me through. So I know, the problem he, I'm having is y- yes. I'm responsible for getting my husband into heaven from what I keep hearing on the Catholic no! station. No, stop. You are not oh. responsible for getting your son, your husband to heaven. That is one of your goals, is to get him to heaven. Yeah, I want him to go there. Okay, but you are not. There. You're not responsible. You you can't force him. You can't go against his will. I think if you're laboring under that idea, thirty three years of alcohol of beer drinking all day long from 9 in the morning until late at night when he goes to bed? Here's what you're responsible for. Does he have for. a will? Well, that's the question, and it's a good thing God knows all these things because if you and I were to decide, we would be limited in our judgment. But God knows at this point uh, how much the alcohol has affected your husband's ability to make good decisions. So, with that said, one... You're not responsible for getting him to heaven. You are to do what you can as a spouse to guide, lead, influence him to make the choices that will get him to heaven. That's the first thing. So let's get that let's get that off your shoulders here, girl. Okay, right. second, second. Forty nine years, I think you could be relatively certain nothing is going to change. That's correct. As a result, you need to find your own peace. You need to yeah, quit. And that's what I'm doing. Banging your head against a cinder block wall, yep. hoping to knock down the wall. The best thing you can do mm-hmm. is to not be agitated, irritable, uh, accusatory. Because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. All it's going to do is make him dig his feet in more. You know that. You've tried. Back in the beginning, you tried, right? Yeah, it's been 33 years that he was actually crossing the line into alcoholism. Right. So your goal in the rest of your marriage and the rest of your life is to find the peace that you can. If he won't go to church, if he won't seek help, help, if he doesn't want to hear it, if he's just drinking himself into oblivion, right. then right. at this point, you have enough history to say, my only option here is to be as reasonably pleasant as I can be to live with um, and not drive myself crazy over this. Yeah, and I do get angry from time to time, and I know that's sinful. Well, it isn't sinful. I think most priests would tell you it's not sinful. It's just a natural frustration reaction at something that someone is doing to hurt themselves. Okay, that's yeah. that's not necessarily sinful. What might be sinful is if you attack him, if you go after him to put him down. That that might be sinful. But again, that's Correct. only coming from your frustration, which is this is not changing. It never's changed in 33 years. I don't think it's ever going to change. Yep. How am I going to live like this? Well, you're going to live like that because you're going to find your own peace through 
our Lord. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's what you got to do, honey. You got to quit saying, I got I got ripped off. My husband is not the spouse I would hope he would have been by a long shot. Right. Uh, and I'm, right. I, I've, I've got to stop being miserable about all this. I got to find a way just to make my own peaceful, somewhat independent existence. Maybe spend a little more time at church. And that's okay. It's okay for me well, not to be well, sitting next to him twiddling oh, my thumb. Heck yes. <laughs> of course it is. Because I feel guilty sometimes that I do too much outside the home. I'm never home much. Well, he probably accuses you. He probably accuses you. I wouldn't. I would think yeah. he probably resents and is jealous yeah. of the fact that you seek your peace elsewhere than in the marriage. Yep. Give him some, give him some of your own time, but you don't have to sit there twiddling your thumb because he drinks ten beers a day and that's his existence, and uh, you don't At want least. to necessarily parallel it. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. I got to run. I'm past break. This is Doctor Ray. Dr. Ray has more great advice soon. Don't go anywhere. Ciao, Amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. While we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store. Everything's coming up, Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store. Have you found your passion in life? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. The late Betty White once said, quote, Everybody needs a passion. That's what keeps life interesting. If you live without passion, you can go throughout life without leaving any footprints. Do you have a passion? Finding your passion is often a real challenge. My wife's passion is sewing. When she sews, time just flies. If you haven't discovered your passion, pray, and then write down a few things in a journal. Create a personal vision statement. List your strengths, weaknesses, and charisms. Enhance that list with things you love to do. List the things you don't love. Write your own values. Pray and dream about what your passion is with Christ at the center. Listen for answers, then try something. Serve. Just do it. Are you dreaming big about finding your thing? God loves big dreams. He's a big God. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. One last call here on The Doctor Is In. Anonymous caller from Michigan. Hi, anonymous caller from Michigan. Dr. Ray. Thanks for the call. Thank you what's for up? taking my call. Can you Surely. hear me? Yes, what's up? Okay, just a question. I, I work for someone who uh, 
a pastor at a staff retreat who openly said that he struggles as a workaholic and that not that he's getting help for it, but that it's, it's going to be difficult for the staff that that he actually used the word persecuted. Because <laughs> he pushes on you guys to keep his pace. Yes. That's well said. Yes. That's, that's why I'm the professional here. That's why you're the <laughs> caller and I am the callee. Yes, there you go. Is this a new pastor? No. Um, new to this in, to this area. Okay, so that's what I meant. In other words, this is yeah. he's he's introducing himself to everybody. He says, "I work hard, and I'm afraid that you're going to have to keep up and work hard too." Yes. Okay. But you, but it I hasn't it so. hasn't panned out yet. You don't know what that means, right? Well, we have a few months under our belt of okay of of feeling the pains of this. Mm-hmm. So now it's just been said in front of the whole staff and someone's relating this to me but very calmly and just like wow we need to digest how to work in this environment or do we say this isn't working for everybody we've had a lot of staff leave since since the you know this pastor came in and more planning to leave so in two months in two months you've had a number of people leave well in no in the last year I've only been there a couple months. I see. And and the people, the close staff, has only been there a few months. So he is he is saying, this is my style, this is what I yeah. expect, and even though the past year people have left, his view is, well, they just couldn't do this, and we'll get people who can. Is that his view? Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Well, my dear, you have a choice to make. Okay. If you, if you can do it, do it. If you say, I, for whatever the reason, I can't keep this pace. I'm not very good at it. I get frustrated. I take my work home with me. I'm miserable. Then you always have the freedom to say, it's not my work environment. Okay. If you're asking... How do we get to this pastor? How do we change his views? If right. people if people leaving haven't changed his views, I'm not so Good sure that, that, that anything else will unless you all just get together and say, okay, Father, here's kind of our situation. What do you think? How old is he? Um... Near retirement, I would say. Okay, so he's been a priest for 40, 50 years. Right. Okay. So and I, what's... Agree, I, I agree with what you're saying, yes. It is kind of like you either you either decide to live with it or you you attempt to change, but I'm not sure that's... Yeah, this, isn't, this isn't a young priest learning his way. This is a veteran priest who has had this style most likely for all of his priesthood. And this is apparently how he will retire. This is Dr. Ray. I got to run. Thank you so much for joining me. Peace be to you. Maybe I'll see you in Columbus. Wonderful. Walk with God. Always. 
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.